Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hi there from the Tiki Hut Media Studios in Northwest Tennessee. I'm Jerry Wicker. Grab yourself a beer. Come on in. Everybody's welcome. I want to thank you for being here on Soul Ramblings Podcast, where each and every week we talk about faith and life. This week we'll have a couple of good news stories for you. Plus, we'll uh, take a look at what I've been watching, what I've been streaming, and I these are things that I I enjoyed, and I am suggesting those to you. That's all coming up on today's episode. Recently, read a story about a fellow who has an elementary school daughter, and he talked about the system, the whole elementary school system, and how it has changed. Rather than simply punishing bad behavior these days, teachers are just as likely to reward good behavior. And they indicate this by moving a clothespin that has your name on it up or down on a rainbow that is displayed in the classroom. Everybody starts each day on green, a nice benign color. Do something good, and you clip up, as they say, to yellow or orange. Break the rules, and you clip down to blue or, God forbid, purple. And I had to laugh when I read what one of the daughters told this guy. When the daughter had moved up to second grade, she said very matter-of-factly, in second grade, the teacher won't give you a warning. If you do something wrong, you just clip down. And I thought to myself, I guess second grade is where it starts to get real. And whether the story is true or not, it's clear that the message has gotten across. This is how you are to live and learn in the classroom. It's gotten across so well, in fact, that his daughters have made their own version of the rainbow chart and hung it in their playroom in their home. Likewise, the Israelites are delivered from their captivity in Egypt, and they make their way with God's mighty help Through the waters of the Red Sea, Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to meet with the Lord. When Moses comes down, he doesn't have a rainbow chart and clothespins. He's got 10 very powerful life-giving words that will eventually get engraved in stone. And all the Hebrews learn that this is where it starts to get real. Every aspect of Hebrew culture and faith will come to be built on these 10 words of life, which come to be known as the Ten Commandments. These are the basics given right here at the beginning of their life together. And God hopes the message does get across that they are God's chosen people, that they are freed from slavery and have been given freedom because God is a God of freedom and hears the cries of those who are oppressed. Now, these 10 words are laid out in genius fashion. They're not just willy-nilly thrown out there, don't do this, don't do that, which is what I thought as a kid. They all flow very logically and lovingly from each other, starting from the very first one, which actually doesn't even begin as a commandment, but as a statement of grace. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It's right there in the front of it all. Before Israel is asked to do anything, God reminds them of all God has already done and whose they are. And then the rest of them flow from there ones that focus on the relationship between God and God's people, and then to the ones that focus more on the relationships between God's people, us with each other. That's all well and good, but the problem is the message doesn't really get across. Over time, 
God's people began to see them as nothing more than a list of rules, do's and don'ts, rather than viewing them as they are intended, which is a gracious gift that describes and defines the life of a free people. The people of God start seeing them as some authoritarian blackboard name-writing system. God's people become like that selfish, unruly, little, clever school kid who knows exactly how far he can go and exactly how he can split hairs of interpretation. If you've got kids, you know what I'm talking about. So that kid doesn't get a bad check mark beside his name or get clipped down, as they say. Or they become completely oblivious and disrespectful, racking up all kinds of check marks and not knowing or really caring what to do about it. That right there is a nutshell history of God's people. God sends prophet after prophet in order to call the people back to covenant faithfulness, back to the life God intends for them. But prophet after prophet essentially gets ignored. Some of those prophets end up getting downright angry. They pronounce all kinds of hellfire and brimstone in order to get the message across. Eventually, the people of Israel build a temple in Jerusalem in order to put in one place their worship and their devotion to God. Now, while that seems to help somewhat, it isn't too long before the same problems start to creep in again. God's words of life and the wonderful relationship of grace that they are meant to form between God and God's people get used and abused by human sin. Not much has changed. When people come inside to worship God and encounter the holy, they end up encountering this entire system of religion that's been set up revolving around the rules of sacrifice, and it becomes manipulative across the board. Religious leaders use the words of life and the system of sacrifices to manipulate the people. The people use the system of religion to try to manipulate God. People feel like God is manipulating them. And it's hard to get past the feeling that faith, this initial trust in a God who has saved us and desires life for us, is nothing but just a phony rainbow and clothespin system. It looks like the message of God's love isn't ever going to get across. Then along comes this new prophet who comes up to the temple during the big Passover festival and finds all those manipulative systems of religion and sacrifice. There are tables selling animals for sacrifice, along with booths where you can exchange your Roman coins for currency that Jewish scribes and temple leaders would accept. This man gets angry. In a very vivid scene of chaos, he makes a whip out of cords. He starts overturning the tables and driving out the merchants. But if we're listening, we notice that this scene in the temple isn't just about another message that someone's trying to get across. It's not a message about overturning a system of manipulative religion. The message is Jesus himself. Jesus doesn't just come like all the other prophets before him, bearing the message of God's forgiveness of sin. Jesus becomes the forgiveness of sin himself. Hence the confusion about the temple's destruction and rebuilding that he was talking about. He's not talking about a stone temple. He's talking about his very own body. What we learn from Jesus, you see, is that God's message is not going to get across until God's message gets across. Because of the presence of human sin, which is the tendency to think that we can control where we ultimately fall on God's big rainbow chart of God's love, the law, the commandments, the gestures of forgiveness— None of it has been getting across. 
So in Jesus, the message gets a cross. All of the things that stand in the way of a direct relationship with God, all those systems and rules and guilt and shame die forever on the cross of Jesus. It's something that never really seems to make any sense that God would go to this length to redeem this relationship with us, that he would let his own son become both the rules and the consequences for us. The Apostle Paul puts it this way, For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For the message about the cross makes absolutely no sense at all to those who are still trying and trying to keep their name off God's blackboard. But for those who are aware that they will always end up transgressing, always end up sinning, the cross is salvation. It's the teacher taking the giant eraser to the chalkboard and saying, I love you anyway. One thing then we should often think about is, What message are we giving across here in our little temple of the Lord, in our ministries in Jesus' name? Do we give off the impression that we're all about a system of rules? Do we come across as people driven by some sense of game-playing religion or as those who know that the cross of Jesus claims us as God's children forever regardless of our brokenness? You see, the actual cross in our sanctuaries and in our buildings is really only an object. The true message is is the one written in the life of those who gather beneath it each and every week, and each and every day in some cases. The true design is lived in the compassion and mutual understanding that God works in us. The true force of the cross is known when people live forgiven and free because they know their God has claimed them forever. It's the life the Ten Commandments were intended to foster and flourish and the message God is always trying to get across. Yes, the most important statement will not be made by architecture or a set of tablets and definitely not by a system of rules, but one that is reflected in our faith, a faith in God who gives himself. When we are at our church best, it's when we've realized that the message we're trying to get across is the cross. It almost doesn't even make sense. It's the foolishness of God. Our names have been erased from the blackboard. And now, things are about to get real. Thanks be to God. We'll be right back after this short break. My name is Teresa Barber. I was in the United States Navy, and I served overseas in the Middle East and Africa. Early on in my career, I had a commander that taught our suicide prevention training, and the very next day, he took his own life. 90% of suicide attempts involving a gun are fatal. My way of continuing my service is to help protect my community by being a responsible gun owner and by storing firearms safely. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. Brought to you by N Family Fire and the Ad Council. Time once again for some good news stories. Good news, everyone. This week, we have a couple of good news stories on Soul Ramblings podcast. A hiker, and this is a recent story actually from about a month ago, a hiker in Hawaii called 911 after seeing an unaccompanied dog barking at the edge of a steep slope. After getting the dog to safety, rescuers noticed something else, a bag filled with personal items about 70 feet below where the dog was found. 
Responders on the ground who were caring for the dog found a name and contact information for its owner on its collar. When their call went unanswered, local police performed a welfare check and found no one was home, indicating something was wrong. Sure enough, further down the slope underneath thick foliage, rescuers found a 35-year-old woman, the owner of the dog that provided some loyal lung power, who had taken a fall during a hike. The crew loaded her onto a rescue stretcher and airlifted her to safety. We've got a link in the show notes so you can read that whole story from CNN. In this story, Wayne State University's Word Warriors program has released its 2024 list of extremely cool words, and they're actually a feast for the brain. The program highlights delightful, oddly applicable words that have been lost to time and definitely deserve a renaissance. Among this year's short list are the words kerglaf or kerglaf which means it's a noun that means the shock when one plunges into cold water. One of my favorites, raw gabbit, which is a noun, uh, and it means a person who speaks confidently but ignorantly. And then there's the noun thunderplomp, a heavy lashing of rain during a rainstorm is what that means. And these actually seem so accurate if you think about it. Of course, that's what a raw gabbit is after all, isn't it? Find out other highlights from that list of revived words from Wayne State University's Word Warriors in the link in the show notes. With so many streaming services out there, blockbuster movie releases and new TV shows, uh, we're told we've got to watch them. It can feel overwhelming to try to keep up. So we keep our eyes on lists like Netflix's most viewed titles, but the big hits aren't necessarily always worth watching. So how do you get through it all? How do you decide what to watch and what not to watch? Well, here are a couple of things that Beth and I have watched. Uh, Hopefully this will make it a little easier for you. The first one is if you have Peacock, a TV series, the first season of it, there's only one season of it right now. It's called Found. It featured recovery specialist Gabby Mosley and her crisis team who stop at nothing to find every missing person in Washington, D.C. But to get the job done, here's the interesting twist on this show. Gabby enlists the help of a terrifying foe. It's her childhood kidnapper whom she has found and keeps locked up in her basement. The first season of the NBC drama is now available to stream on Peacock. Next on suggested viewing from both Beth and I is a show called Life and Beth on Hulu. Amy Schumer stars as Beth, a young woman who seemingly has it all. After an incident, Beth is forced to confront her past and see what her future holds. The entire first season is available to stream on Hulu and just this month, the second season premiered. And finally, a movie that we watched a few weeks ago on Amazon Prime called Role Play. If you loved Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you need to watch this new movie starring Kaylee Cuoco from The Big Bang Theory. The story follows a seemingly normal couple who are raising their two children in the New Jersey suburb. The catch? The wife is an assassin for hire, and her husband has no idea. It's a great, uh, fun movie to watch. It's called Roleplay on Amazon Prime Video. 
finally this week, this comes to us from Parade Magazine, and I found it interesting because I know people like this. Are you one of those people who feel you need to apologize several times and worry you've offended someone, no matter what the situation is? You might be what's referred to as a chronic apologizer, which is someone who over-apologizes when the situation doesn't warrant it. I've had people apologize to me out of the blue, and I thought, what the hell for? (laughs) But even though it seems polite, it actually does more harm than good, including putting a damper on your confidence. And this article has a list of 10 effective phrases to replace saying, I'm sorry. The first one is, thank you for your patience. Number two, I appreciate you understanding. Number three, let's find a solution together. Number four, I hear you. I'm going to do things differently in the future. Number five, I'll take steps to prevent this in the future. Number six, thank you for your feedback. It's important to me. Number seven, I understand where you're coming from. Number eight, let's move forward constructively and address this together. Number nine, this didn't go as planned. And number 10, I know you're hurting right now. How can I help? According to data from YouGov, almost 25% of American adults say they apologize for something that wasn't their fault and is out of their control every day. Even worse, 11% said they do this several times per day, meaning it's time to collectively reassess your communication habits if you're a part of this percentage. There's a strong and powerful connection between how we convey our thoughts and self-esteem. Replacing unnecessary apologies with more intentional, meaningful statements is the start to ending the over-apologizing epidemic and reserve saying sorry for when it truly matters. And if you're interested in reading more about that, 10 phrases to replace saying sorry as a reflex according to a therapist, the article is on Parade, got a link in the show notes and you can read more about it. So Ramblin's podcast is a Tiki Hut Media production, and Tiki Hut Media is an emergent podcast and commercial audio production service. The production team believes in freedom of expression and the power of communication, and they make it easy to do great podcasting because it's your voice and their expertise. Focus on the content and leave the production to Tiki Hut Media. Everything they build is your property, so you have 100% command over the content. Launch captivating podcasts effortlessly and efficiently. Build an influential brand presence through consistent and compelling podcasts. Reach your audience consistently, driving dynamic engagement and expansion. And it's very easy. This is how they help you. They take your recorded audio, turn it into a final episode that sounds clean, professional, and broadcast ready. They help you take your podcast from initial idea through its first episodes and even beyond. They will be a collaborative partner with you throughout and make your podcast journey an enjoyable and rewarding one. They offer 100% custom production service, a unique show producer, and solidify your authority and credibility. And your podcast will be syndicated on many, many platforms. Find out more today. Go to TikiHutMedia.com. TikiHutMedia.com. They produce this podcast, and they would love to produce your podcast. Hear the difference with Tiki Hut Media Productions. Link is in the show notes of this episode. 
tikihutmedia.com. As always, you can get social with us on Facebook and Instagram and on Substack. Got a Substack page. Links in the show notes where you can go and follow us there and engage with us. Always, you can email us, give us your feedback, questions, comments, whatever. Podcast at gmail.com. Wherever you're listening today, if you would click subscribe, I would really appreciate it. That way you never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. We have a Spotify playlist that we uh, put together and has music on there that we enjoy and invite you to follow us on Spotify on the playlist. Link is in the show notes as well. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. And as we close out from Philippians 4, 8, my favorite Bible verse from the New International Version today. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We'll see you next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm Jerry Wicker. Thank you for being here. Grace, peace, cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Music